welcome to another episode of Sex the Conversation. It's still your girl, Johanna, with my co-host. Toyosi. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Yes, welcome. And thank you all for the love so far on Sex the Conversation, the vlog and podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for following our pages. Thanks for your feedback, your comments. We appreciate all the love. Keep them coming. We love it. We love it. And we appreciate it. Keep them coming. Thank you so very much. So onto the topic of the day, which is body parts. Ah, it's so interesting when you say body parts. <laughs> yes, uh, body parts. Mm-hmm. Who knew it was going to be a topic? Okay, so body parts. <laughs> why? Um, why we, that- we need to clarify. What do we mean by body parts, right? <laughs> <laughs> because just saying body parts thing is already like oh, body parts but like let's be specific and let's just let this discomfort spread completely what are we talking about are you uncomfortable right now no i'm not but just hearing body parts is kind of skirmish not not for the subject of course there's that but like generally just like body parts like but let's let's hit it let's hit it hit it hit it John. <laughs> well, let's Okay, just get it together. <laughs> okay, so when I talk, when I when I say body parts, I mean exactly what that means. Our body parts. So you know how growing up, I think there was a there was a sort of parts of the body, my head, shoulder, knees, toes. You know all of those stuff. Growing up as a child, you you had that. I mean, where we grew up from, I I know I I had that. I don't know. Was that true for you? Not really. Maybe a different song, but I know what you mean. Like just a song to help kids identify the different parts of the body. Absolutely. So exactly that. So in talking about our body parts, in trying to um, understand these body parts, call them by their names, identify what they are, what they do, even boundaries with these body parts. Mm -hmm. How about that? Uh, So it's interesting to me that that when it comes to children and parents um whenever you see um a child um getting inquisitive curious uh, and trying to understand what it is you know what is this thing called and what have you i've been around a couple of um kids i have friends who have children who have babies and i'm blessed to call myself a mom because i have a child mom because she has two kids <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, um, a blessing. I I don't take it for granted. So it seemed to me that when it comes to kids, right, when um, you'd hear things like, say, for instance, a boy, you know, when a boy wants to refer to his, one of his, you know, the main one, let's go ahead and call it what it is. When he wants to call his penis, right? When he wants, when he's pointing that part of his body, and you hear parents say, oh, you're pee-pee, you want to go wee-wee? You know, things like that. There's a rhyme and rhythm to it. Pee-pee, you want to go wee-wee? You know, stuff like that. And then you see, um, for girls, you see things like, oh, I don't even really know what they call, what girls, they call their vaginas. I don't really. I think it's the same thing. Is it? Right? Like, oh, your, your pee-pee or your wee I, mean, I don't. I don't think, actually, think, to think about it, it's like, that is even unnamed, actually. Okay. It is the act that they call PP. The act of where you want to use a um, urinate. They say you want to go PP. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't actually heard a name or a term. Right for the a girl, what what it's called to a girl. Right. Or maybe maybe it generally will be a bum bum. Right. All that is like the buttocks. Usually that's it's like not, that's very generic for 
that I think it's also used for the vagina as well. So your bum bum. Okay. Yeah. So you you in different parts of the world, in different culture, basically, you hear people have different names to address the stains to to call it right. all these body parts. And it's interesting to me that you don't hear that when maybe a child says, Mommy, what are these called? They don't call a different name for the eyes. You don't right. say something else for the nose, for the head, for the ears. But when it comes to these body parts, the genitals, you know, all mm -hmm. of those, we come up with these names. And personally, I think that is a recipe for disaster in terms of some of the things that are in life today, we still grapple with, we still see people struggle with certain things. Mm -hmm. So do you think you can even wrap your head around why we, we do these things? I mean, I can, um, to an extent, not the complete extent of it, but to an extent I can kind of see why um, people or parents would say that because um, again, as we keep talking about in this podcast and this vlog, the subject of anything related to sex is there's a lot of awkwardness and secrecy um, around it. It's all shrouded in this, you know, cloak of secrecy and awkwardness. So it also, it makes sense that this will not be any different, right? When it comes to you talking about every other part of the body, you have, you tell them what it is. Oh, they know what their nose is. Show me your eye, your nose and all of that. So I can see because just establishing the fact that there's all that awkwardness, we can't deny reality. That's real. well, Although what we're trying to do is to make the conversation easier and more normal, more normalized. But right now the reality is there's awkwardness around it. So that's a way for parents to navigate. You can't tell the kid, oh, forget about it. Or don't talk about it. So there's a, that's a, like a coping mechanism, I would say, around the awkwardness, around the secrecy of the, the private part. So I would say that I can, I can understand where people are coming from. Just it's just, it can be overwhelming. Like, how do you introduce this kid to all of this? And you know, that might lead to a whole nother conversation that you probably are not ready for. And um, of course, some people might think it's easier for the kids to understand that. But I mean, that's something that you had mentioned, but I'm like, well, they can say brain and head and hair. They can tell the difference between the head and hair and ear that all kind of sound alike. And do you want to tell me that they don't? Yeah, so, but I, I completely understand where people are coming from. And um, if I didn't have the privilege of the information I have right now, I probably would do the same thing in raising my kid. But that's why we keep saying when you know better, you do better. So I absolutely understand why people would do that, for sure. Yeah. And something that I find interesting, um, even though, yes, we can see it's all, it all ties to the fact that, you know, these body parts, when you, I mean, for a girl, when you call breast, you know, breast, your vagina, these are all body parts that has to do with, you know, sex and what, what have you. And parents seem to, People, most people are not comfortable or a lot of people are not comfortable with that conversation so it, it sort of you know morphs into that whole conversation with body parts so you still try to you know shy away from shy away from me why are you laughing i have an interesting anecdote when i first started growing my boobs i had no idea that they were breasts i just i told my mom i was like i feel like i have boil or whatever it is. oh my god i i tell you and I, it was actually a public place like my mom had a, a store, right? And she had a customer's there. So I just came to her and I was like, I feel like I have boil here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my mom didn't even tell me like, oh, it's breasts or whatever. She was just like, oh, go. And then she started like maybe making me wear a bra. Like nobody yeah. actually told me like, those are your breasts. My mom said, let's keep it that way. Those are boys, we'll leave it at boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, or something like, it's sore. Like, I feel like I have maybe, or like a huge acne. I don't know, something is, just uncomfortable and a bit sore and I'm, and I'm feeling pain she's like she was just like it was just like oh 
oh, okay, maybe you just leave it alone. And, you know, and I was a kid. But then the next thing, you know, a bra was bought for me. And I was, so it's it, just what you said made me remember that, like, it's so interesting. I'm how, so glad you shared that. I'm, I'm <laughs> so glad you shared you that. You know, when these parts that are sexualized, it's interesting how we, the awkwardness just makes us avoid, even when opportunities arise, we just like, nope. Yeah, let's, let's leave it. Whatever you think, that's what it is. <laughs> Moving along. Moving along. Yeah. So, but I've, I've seen toddlers, you know, toddlers, and I say toddlers, who are able to say the word breast, who are able to say the word penis, mm-hmm. who are... I mean, they have no trouble. I mean, just the same way they're able to say um, face, head, body, whatever. Uh, so, right. So for me, I believe children have the capability to actually say these words. So I personally feel like it's a disservice to kids if they have the capability. They are able to actually say this word. It's not like you're telling them some huge, long word and you're telling them pronounce onomatopoeia or something like that you know but these kids also come and talk about all the names of the dinosaurs the brontosaurus or the pterodactyl they're able to say it all the so even that is a i feel i feel personally that's a myth argument it's so interesting that you mentioned dinosaurs right so um my toddler the other day was like so she's she's been learning all things about dinosaurs and what have you and then she's like pterodactyl and stegosaurus and personally, out about dinosaurs and what have you. So when she said it was the stories, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And the dad is like, wow, you can say that. Like, you know, you know, I'm wild and what have you. And the next day, I'm trying to remember what she said. And I was like, was it Stagastorius? That's what I said. <laughs> when I said Stagastorius, she was like, oh, I know, Stegosaurus. I was like, God, no go shame you, but you're <laughs> You have to think of shame you. <laughs> I swear. I don't think they are quick to correct you. They yes. will say, no, that's wrong. Yeah, she said, oh, I know. I know. Hey, your child will do it to you. And you know how? That's like, about going to go shame you. But you're picking. You're So, you know what I'm saying? So, if a child can say that, you know, and I know kids have the capabilities. You know, from, I mean, yes, there are times where you see a child maybe struggle with certain things, but generally overwhelmingly most kids have the capability to do a lot of things i feel like we don't even give kids the credit that they actually deserve because kids are actually smart you know what i'm saying so so in trying to shy away from calling these body parts what they are telling them what they do of course i don't say you have that conversation it's not it's not a one-time conversation it's something that is ongoing you continue to have you i feel like you build upon depending on the the age of the child not just the age how much they're able to absorb what they're able to understand you give them the information and then you continue to build upon that so if as parents or guardians or teachers or what have you will shine away from that conversation i personally see two potential things that leads into something so i think when we do that as adults we're teaching these children this language of silence and shame which bleeds into like different things so we're not teaching them this calling these body parts just because they can be sexualized or the you know genital areas or they're we're not we're not we don't want to we're shying away from it but then we ought to teach them so they know from their kids to be able to set boundaries right you know what i'm saying and you see interestingly enough you'll see because as adults i feel when you see adults shy away it's too awkward and then you see a situation where a child is inappropriately touched when there is an inappropriate action. Mm-hmm. The child does not even 
because you as an adult, you're being awkward about it. You're feeling, it's such an uncomfortable thing for you to do. Imagine if, heavens forbid, but then again, the reality is like this world, there are evil people out there. We can't leave things to chance. We can't say, oh, we hope and pray people out there, you know, we can't leave it to chance. We have to be realistic and pragmatic. We live in a world that is beautiful and gorgeous by the same token, there are evil people out there right so you have to empower these kids not we're shying away from it i feel like it's it's a culture of or language rather of silence and shame whereby if something were to happen if a child is inappropriately touched or what have you they themselves because you don't even call it that name i I think by default somehow they are uncomfortable to even tell you oh somebody inappropriately because you've not even you've not talk to them about the, the environment where they're even free to talk about it and 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 i agree with you absolutely so first of all like what you were saying about um some of the reasons why people tell their kids uh, the vagina or the penis is the pp or the bonbon is maybe because they feel like some people argue that or they feel like it's too maybe the word is too big or it's too much it's too complex for them but we we have we have already established that they can kids know they can, they can say the names of dinosaurs that's not difficult to tell them what a vagina or um, penis is right, um, but even diving further to what you said, right? There's also the the risk of the blurred lines in the communication. So when you, for example, for a girl, you tell a girl that both her vagina and her anus or her buttocks are all bonbon. Somebody who has a malicious intent can come and tell the child and touch the child's vagina, and the child is like, oh, and you maybe told them, oh, this is your bonbon. Don't let nobody touch it. The person would be like, I didn't touch your bonbon. I touched your vagina. They don't have agency of what a vagina is, mm-hmm. and that person could, in that situation, take advantage of them. And tell them, oh, your mommy said nobody should touch your bum bum. Okay, I didn't touch your bum bum. This is your bum bum. I only touch your vagina. And you know how kids are smart, but they are also, they can be taken advantage of. So people, those malicious people, they take advantage of all those little nuances that we leave to chance or that we do not define. Right, right. As you mentioned, where there will now be clear boundaries about, oh, these are things that are, this is what this is, and this is not supposed to be touched. But it, when we don't have that conversation, you have your kids, for example, you have a situation where kids are playing together and one kid touches the other kid on the private part. And then you, you scream at the child or you try to berate the child for doing that. Why did you touch that person's but then? But they didn't know because you never told them. You didn't teach them about boundaries. And teach them about boundaries. About, okay, you can touch arms. This is another body part. Why can't I touch it? How would they know inherently as a person? So if we don't have these conversations, as you said, disaster could be right around the corner for both the kid and even for us. And also, do not prioritize your awkwardness over the inform, uh, informing your child. You might just because you feel awkward about it and you're like, oh, this is too awkward. I, can't, I don't know how to have the conversation. But lay your awkwardness aside and think about the impact that your that kid going along ignorantly, what could potentially be the impact of that to that child? Not telling the child what a vagina is, what is what or a breast. Or breast. And then these kids, they go to the pool and a boy sees a girl and they're like, oh, this girl has something different from me. They might be, kids are, they are, they are very, very um, inquisitive, right? right. So they, they probably would, and I won't blame a child for wanting to touch, but if you had had that conversation with them, that this is a, a vagina, a girl has a vagina, a boy has a penis, and you don't touch each other, it's understandable. But if you don't leave it to chance and you call it whatever it's not, then in their innocence, they will attract, approach it the way they would innocently approach anything else any other body part by playing by engaging with things any other any other thing actually like if they see if a child a toddler or even a baby that's crawling sees something on the ground they will reach, they won't be wondering oh what is the social impact of this in the political they don't have that com- that context right so they will just go and that's the way they interact with the world is by touching by tasting putting things in their mouth you know they interact by touch and feel and all of that right the same thing will happen if you don't have that conversation to let them know okay this is how things happen right and also like all we also now being awkward another layer to that awkward part 
of it is, as you said, there's a, there's a sense of shame. There's a sense of awkwardness. There's a sense of, oh, this thing is, uh, I don't know. So therefore, if something does happen, how do you give them agency to come and talk to you about it when you have not established that environment where they can actually talk and say, somebody touched my bum bum or something is wrong with my vagina or I feel an itch in my vagina. But if they come and say, oh, I feel an itch in my bum bum, how will you know which one they're talking exactly. about? So, exactly. That also, in a, so at the end of the day, having that conversation serves both the child and even you as a, as a parent. So you know clearly, you tell the child, this is your vagina, the one in front, and the one in the back is your um, your anus, and the, the beautiful, the, the cushion in the back is your, your buttocks. Your glutus. <laughs> your glutus maximum, or what they call it. That's glutus maximum, right. if you want to get yeah. biological. So you tell you tell them what it is. Also, you can also tell them the slangs, that, and some people call them bum bum, and just so they're also aware, so nobody still takes advantage of that, because what they're ignorant of, they're at their at risk of being victims of, I feel like. So, yeah, definitely. Think and I, I think you said a mouthful, um, and I totally, 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 I'm 100% on what you said. I think it's important that this groundwork, this conversations I had, right? Because oftentimes I feel we've heard a lot about stranger <laughs> danger. Right. We've mm-hmm. heard that term a lot, but it turns out that of times when you speak to people who maybe have experienced some, some form of like inappropriate behaviors from the the danger is not typically from strangers like that word that line connotes or suggests because you're more likely to leave your kids with people you know than the you, people you don't know. Know. exactly you know it's usually from you know people you think you trust right it does not mean you're not going to trust people or you're not going to work with i mean we humans we need one another but right. Sadly, sometimes the people who are supposed to protect you, protect the child, end up being the ones harming, which is very conflicting to mm-hmm. a child. So I think... But in that life though, right? So many contra- contradictions in life, right? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, very, very much so. It it's, is. Yeah, and, it's, and in this context, it's way too dangerous. It's too, it's too dangerous a thing to leave to chance. It's, and I mean... You know, most people will be like, oh, if you talk to, especially women, for example, um, most women have had one inappropriate sexual contact or the other, either assault or all the way up to like um, violence, mm-hmm. get it out of them. And, you know, it's, it's just, just knowing that that reality is out there. You want to do as much as, as due diligence as possible to give your child the, the, to, the you know, give them the agency. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for me, I feel if anything, um, the risk of not actually calling these things by their names, telling these kids what they are, mm-hmm. helping to create set boundaries and create and establish an environment mm-hmm. or relationship, an atmosphere where a child can come walk up to their father or their mother or their guardian and say, um, I'm thinking, what is this? I think this does this. What does this do? Um, someone touched me here. Is that, you know, not doing all of those things, I think um, it, it's, it's too much of a risk right because maybe a parent or a guardian feels like um man it's too awkward i don't want to have that conversation it's too much of a risk um i think there's just too much so much value you know in having that conversation helping a child you know establish their own agency over their body setting boundaries you know even something like going to like maybe a doctor's office you know right you know things like that before someone who is a professional who maybe you go to a doctor's office, they want to um, touch you, give you an injection or whatever, you know, they ought to take permission from you, who is the child. 
teaching kids all of those stuff, I think having those kind of um, conversations, setting those kind, creating those atmosphere and that environment where you build that kind of a relationship is always an ongoing thing. I don't think these things happen. It's not a one time I say today and that's done, you know creating that um, relationship, having those conversations, um, helping them establish boundaries, you know, help them establish, you know, make them understand that they have agency over their body and help them understand and navigate this world. I feel like it's so, so, it's, it's, it's so valuable yeah, that absolutely. we cannot leave all of these things to, oh, they're going to find out when they're older because we don't want a situation where they're older. Now they're older, now they're finding out things, but so much damage has been done. Yeah. That is where we're going to wrap things up for this episode. So as always, if you've um, enjoyed this particular episode, mm-hmm. please feel free to let us know your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. If you're a parent, let us know how that conversation or how that relationship or that conversations are going with your child. Um, is it truly difficult? Are kids really, really not able to say these words? Or is it just all in our heads as adults? Trying or what to- is even your reason for you know making your kids say uh, call the vagina or the penis or the breasts, whatever it is that you do. And even more interestingly, I think it will be fun if you share some of the weird ones or interesting ones that you heard for people, what people call. <laughs> right. um, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've liked it, please give it a thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on our pages. Instagram, it's at Sex the Conversation. Twitter is at Sex the Convo. We'd like to hear your thoughts, your comments, your feedbacks. Let us know. Come join the conversation. It's been your girls, Johanna and Toyosi. And until next time, take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye now.